Hello and welcome to the Men's Mental Health and Wellness Podcast. <clears throat> Excuse me, throat's a little bit closed up here. So today I'm going to be talking about the narcissist. This is, I'm going to be drawing a little bit on my experience and what I have learned in the past, shit, damn near 10 months of dealing with my own uh, narcissistic abuse. So, what is a narcissist? A lot of people uh, have their general, a lot of people actually don't know what a real narcissist is. And to just kind of cut to the chase to really know if somebody's a narcissist or not, if they cannot take accountability for the things that they have done, then chances are you are dealing with a narcissistic individual. Nothing will ever be their fault. Uh, Something that I always heard was, I did nothing wrong. Well, I did nothing wrong. When in reality, a lot was done wrong. Um, The the ability to self-reflect is almost impossible for a narcissist because it causes a narcissistic injury. Now... Over the course of this podcast, I'm going to have a smattering of episodes about narcissists, narcissistic abuse, the different narcissists that are out there between the overt or grandiose, the covert, passive-aggressive narcissist, which is what I dealt with, or the malignant narcissist, which is this person's mother. So... I'm going to kind of go more along the lines of a story of what I kind of went through and what you gentlemen could probably expect from a female covert narcissist or a covert passive-aggressive narcissist. So this person, you have probably told them, as it happened for me, I told this person what I had gone through in a previous relationship on my first meeting with this person because it feels so comfortable. This person seems like you could tell them anything and it's going to be okay. So, you go ahead, you let it out there. And this person is taking detailed notes in their head because everything that you're telling them, they will use against you. It kind of starts the grooming process for them, for their new supply. A narcissist always has to have a supply. Now, supply is somebody who gives them, you know, who's going to be the one to give them their attention, affection, or whatever. It's all it is. You're, You're being used just for that, to make themselves feel better. So... You're going to feel incredibly comfortable with this person. You're going to tell them what you have gone through in maybe a previous relationship. And they will tell you how horrible that is and how you didn't deserve that. And, you know, you seem like such a great person. This person is going to feel like your soulmate. They are not. They are a wolf in sheep's clothing. So, 
as time goes on, at least for me, some months went by before I even saw this person again. And the moment I saw this person again, she was all about me. And apparently had stalked my social media to find out more about me. Again, taking notes, taking, trying to really figure me out to see if I was going to be a good source of supply. Now, on the second meeting with this person, she had actually told her friend that she was going to marry me. It's only the second time I've seen this person. So how in the hell would she know? And that night, we ended up having sex. Again, second meeting. Really, really rushed. But everything just felt so perfect and fell into place. And like, oh my God, this, this person is awesome. And the one thing that might draw you in, at least it did for me, is when you hear that person's story. You hear about how life has always, you know, put them down. Everybody else, poor me, they have a huge victim mentality. I had issues growing up with my whoever, a parent. Or my ex is just, they're so crazy. You know, they're insane. They're this. They treated me like this. And that's going to trigger you, the actual empathetic person, the actual empath, to want to rescue this person. So you'll hear about all the craziness that they went through in their life. And how horrible it was. And if life would just give me a break. And then you start to feel that maybe you could be that person to rescue her. So, as time kind of moves on, you start a relationship with this person. And I should back up a little bit here. This person, while they're trying to get with you, is still actually in some sort of a relationship with somebody else at that moment. You may not know it, but they are. They're getting ready to discard this person, and they're on the hunt for a new source of supply. Now, for me... Looking back, and the sad part about a lot of this is you won't notice any of this stuff unless you've already been through it, and then you look back. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Unless you listening to this now and you're learning all these signs and all the learning what these red flags are, and actually taking them to heart and using them as a roadmap for whatever relationship you may be currently in, or if you're single and getting into a relationship, hopefully you remember all of this and kind of keep an eye out for these red flags. So this person was actually sleeping with somebody else, you know, the night before they slept with me. 
And that should have been red flag number one, for me at least. But, and for us men, you know, we get booty blinded. It happens. They're going to probably look very attractive and, yeah, we're dudes. It, it, it happens. But anyways, so you will sleep with this person. And they will just make you feel so amazing. And like you're the answer to their prayers. And that you're such a great individual. Like, oh my God, how can you be this amazing? That is what is starting the love bombing phase. They've kind of groomed you. And now they're going to start the love bombing phase. And when they're love bombing you, they're on the discard phase with their previous source of supply. This individual will always have supply. Always. They're always going to have somebody around to feed them narcissistic supply, which is attention, admiration, affection, you know, all of these things, affirmation. All of these things are what narcissists crave. So while you're being love bombed, the poor individual that they were previously with is being discarded. And they're being discarded in a, in a pretty horrible way. As if you're in this relationship or maybe have gone through it, you now know. Or you will eventually find out. So now you're being love-bombed, being told how amazing you are, how, you know, just, how could any man be this great? And again, like, you're the answer to their prayers. It's all a facade. It's all fake. They are just trying to make you feel so great and have these crazy, awesome emotions for them to get you to be hooked it's like a drug it's exactly like a drug so you feel awesome you feel like man I can't believe I just met this incredible woman you know she's smart sexy funny whatever you know she's all about me thinks I'm the best person that is ever out there and oh my gosh this is fan freaking tastic and that'll go on for a time. Uh, you will get little tests in there. Um, they will... They will do these little tests. At least this would happen to me. Where if you don't respond to like a Snapchat or a text message. Or if you read a text message or see a Snapchat from them. And don't respond immediately. They will call you out on it. Like, if I send you a Snapchat or if I send you a message and you don't respond, then I'm just not going to send you anymore. That's part of the grooming. And it gives you that sense of, okay, I can actually lose this person if I don't respond. So, you know what? You pay attention and you respond. And then all that admiration for you comes back. The idealization of you comes back in. And then you start feeling good again. Like, okay, that's great. You know, this this person 
is all about me and I'm I'm so lucky to have this person and they're telling you that they're so lucky to have you. And it'll be very, very sexualized at the beginning. Because that's how a female covert narcissist will typically hook their victims. So things will go on for a time. You will be tested. But the whole time you're being love-bombed. And it feels great, except for the times you get tested. Then it's like, okay, I gotta, I gotta change something else up right here. So you do. You start sacrificing little bits and pieces of yourself to fulfill their needs. And in return, during the love bombing phase, you may get gifts. You may get, you know, all the affection you could ever want, all the attention you could ever want. Uh, they will be calling you constantly, messaging you constantly. But keep in mind, they're messaging and calling you for themselves so they can get supplies so they can be told how amazing they are how attractive they are how worthy they are it's what it's all about for them meanwhile you'll also get the few woe is me stories the victim stories like man i i, I need somebody to co-sign for this this lease at this apartment or i need somebody to co-sign for this uh for my you know, student loan deal or whatever, or a car or something, and nobody wants to do it. Nobody wants to help me. If somebody would just help me, then you start feeling guilty. And then you really, really want to help this person out. But at this point, you still have some pretty good boundaries, so maybe you, you don't quite do it. And then the narcissist has to work harder to earn more supply from you. But keep in mind, they are not happy that they have to work that hard. They are not going to be pleased with you. And you will get a little bit of devaluation during that time. Well, why won't you help me? Well, maybe I should just go see somebody else. Or maybe we need to break up. Maybe we need to take a break. And at that point, you may be so hooked by the love bombing that you panic. Like, okay, well, I'll, I'll help you out with this because you don't want to lose this person. You feel like this is your soulmate. This is the person that you want to spend the rest of your life with. And what it is, what attracts you to them, one, they get you by their victim victimhood and that rescuer in you, gents, that rescuer side of you, that man part of you, it's like, I can help you. I got you. And that is a quick and easy way for them to hook you. The other thing that kind of hooks you is a little bit of, okay, maybe not, we're not quite there yet for cognitive dissonance, but you know, that rescuer part of you is going to be activated and you're going to want to help out as best you can. You're going to want to keep this ride going. And you get attracted to them so much because they are mirroring everything that you could ever want. They're, they mirror your greatest traits. 
So in a kind of weird way, you're falling in love with yourself. Which that'll come into play later. It, that It does kind of help in the healing process to know that. But they are mirroring your greatest traits. To show you, like, I am everything to you. That I am everything that you want. And I can complete you in this area. Or they will mirror your values and you just start to really like, man, this person has exact same values as me. They will mirror what you like, what like whether it be a football team or just whatever thing you're interested in. They're going to mirror that back to you and be like, yeah, I love that too. That's amazing. We have so much in common. It's all fake. It's a mask. It is a mask that they put on. And that'll go on for some time, depending on how great of a supply source you are to them. The love bombing can go on for a while. Meanwhile, there's going to be some devaluation mixed into that love bombing to kind of hook you. Then they're going to start using a lot of gaslighting to get you to question your own reality. So, the first first phase for a narcissist is a grooming phase, or the capture phase. Let me see how good of a source of supply are you going to be. And then when they find out that you're a good source of supply, then they love bomb you. And that is, it's a great place to be in, I'm not going to lie. I was there. It was like a drug. But then starts the devaluation. Nothing you do is right. Then you start to see that your morals and values are not aligned. And then they start putting you down. Well, why can't you do this? Why can't you help me in achieving this goal? Why can't you, you know, bring in more money into our relationship? Why can't you... Really pay attention to my needs. And then you start to feel like the piece of crap. Like, man, I'm fumbling on this relationship. I'm, I need to do more. I need to, I need to keep fulfilling this person's wants or needs. And you start to give more of yourself, more of your identity up. You're basically running your cup dry. And then once your cup is dry, once you have no more to give, then you get stuck back on the devaluation. There's no more love bombing. You're just being devalued. And it can vacillate between the love bombing and the devaluation and back and forth to kind of build that cognitive dissonance. Now, once you hit devaluation, you have given so much of yourself up for this individual. You have, you know, poured your cup completely empty out. You no longer have any more to give. No more affection, no more 
you know, energy. Because these people are energy vampires. At the beginning, you may feel kind of sick. I know for me, for six months, I had, I, I had bubble guts for like six months. Little did I know, it was my body's response to, it was my body trying to tell me like, hey, this isn't, this isn't where you need to be. You need to get out. But I ignored it. When your body is trying to tell you something about somebody, really listen when your intuition kicks in. Or when your logic kicks in like, okay, this person's words and actions are completely different. Really pay attention to that. So once you get to a point where you no longer have energy and you're you've questioned your reality so much and you've given so much of yourself up, so much of your identity up. Then they start the discard phase. They move from the grooming to the love bombing to the devaluation, then maybe back and forth. They vacillate between the devaluation and the love bombing. And then they move to the discard And at the discard phase, they've already groomed a new source of supply. Actually, probably during the devaluation phase is when they've groomed a new source of supply and they're love bombing that person. Yes, you are being cheated on. Narcissists are cheaters. They always need a constant source of supply. And they will never leave a source of supply until they already have another one locked in. So once you hit the discard phase, when they're just done with you, it's because they've already moved on to somebody else. They've already moved on to a new target, a new source of supply. And at this point, what triggered a lot of things for me was I found out about my dissociative disorder. And it was at this point where I needed her to support me. And that did not happen. That was a full moment of like, okay, I'm out. I've got a new source of supply. I can leave. Doesn't matter that we have a kid. No big deal. Or, if they don't have a new source of supply, at that moment where you actually need them, they won't actually give you what you need. They'll give you an illusion. Again, their actions are not the same as their words. And believe me, at that point, they are now looking for a new source of supply. They are grooming them. And then they start love bombing them. And then you get discarded. Then it's over for them. So once you go through the discard phase. Chances are. You're going to try to save the relationship. And when you're going through that. You try to work with this person. And then you start getting the projection. 
she projected onto me that I was the one manipulating her. I wasn't, I was emotionally manipulating her. And it took so much for me to be like, okay, crap, I'm sorry if I am, you know, what was I doing? You know, let me fix this. Let me try to make this work. And then you start researching about manipulation and like, how, how can I stop, you know, manipulating this person? And then they'll bring up other things that have been bothering them, you know, quote unquote, bothering them. So you start to work on those two. And then you kind of start getting, you become more mindful about these things. And then you try to show them like, look here, I'm, I'm changing this. I'm changing that. You know, let's, let's try to make this work. Well, now there's something else that just bothers them. Like, well, you need to change this. You need to change that. They will keep moving the goalposts. It doesn't matter what you do, what you change, what you work on. They will always find something else. It'll never be enough for a narcissist. Now, after all the goalposts keep being moved further and further away, and you kind of start to realize, like, nothing I do is going to matter here. It, it doesn't matter, you know, how much effort I put in. It is not going to be reciprocated. And they are projecting onto you that you're the one manipulating or you're the one that's, you know, talking to somebody else. All of these projections, all these accusations, accusations from a narcissist are actually confessions. Whatever they project onto you is what their confession is. And that is one of the harder things to kind of swallow. Because now you start realizing what this person truly is. They have let their mask come down. And you're seeing the narcissist for what they truly are. It's a difficult spot to be in because you have honor. Gents, you have honor and you want to save the relationship because you're not the asshole. You're not the douchebag. You're a good dude that just happened to fall prey to a narcissist and it sucks and it hurts. And you just can't believe that there are people that are like this. And you run yourself ragged trying to make things work and to prove your worth to them. Unfortunately, it's never going to work. They've already moved on to somebody else. They've got their new target. They're done with you. And then if you're married, then you get hit with divorce papers. And even before that, there might have been discussion of divorce. And, oh, we're not going to need attorneys. You don't need to pay child support. You don't need to worry about alimony. I don't want any of that. You don't have to worry about, you know, 
if you're going to have time to see your kid, like I, I want you to be there for your kid's life or whatever the case may be. This is all future faking. What they are telling you, they will do the exact opposite. They are going to do everything that they told you. They will do the exact opposite. So if you have reason to believe that the person you're with is a narcissist and you're in the discard phase and they're telling you, oh, we can probably do this, we can make this work. It's not. They're going to do the exact opposite. And it sucks. And I'm sorry if you're going through that. I know how you feel because I went through it. So after the future faking, the crazy making, crazy making is a, it comes in with the gaslighting of how you were the one that did everything wrong. You know, this person was never happy. You know, I was never happy in this relationship. Well, you damn sure as well seemed like you were quite a bit. And you'll start thinking, look, man, what what signs did I miss? You know, how was she not happy? I was, you know, like what, what, where were the signs for her not being happy? Or if you bring something up to them, they'll tell you, oh, well, you're remembering wrong. That didn't actually happen like that. Or they'll bring up an instance where you did something, quote unquote, did something that you never really did. And what they're doing is it's that builds that cognitive dissonance in a way. And it is a lot of gaslighting. And it's it's crazy making is what it is. Because now you're starting to question your past. You're questioning reality. And meanwhile, while you're going through the discard phase, what really builds the cognitive dissonance is one day they're happy. And it seems like everything's going to be okay. Maybe you've turned a corner. And then the next day, total shit show. They hate you. They don't want to talk to you. You just get this complete and utter disdain from them. You are the most horrible person on this planet in their eyes. And it, again, I know it sucks. It's a horrible feeling. I've been there. And all of this cognitive dissonance, the gaslighting, the crazy-making, the future-faking, you'll also get the word salad, which in an argument or discussion or trying to you know, make things work, you will say something about how you're feeling. And then they will go off on a completely different subject, just ramble and ramble, and then get onto them about how they feel about certain things and meanwhile you're just like wait a second like how I was just telling you how I feel and now we're on something that you feel this way this way this way that has nothing to do with any of my wants needs desires or anything like that or how you feel and that right there is where they're trying to shift the blame off of them and tell you how much of a horrible person you are It's not a good feeling. 
now. You're being discarded. They already have a new source of supply. You've done everything you can to make it work. The first thing that you need to do is go no contact. And it's going to be difficult. It's going to hurt. But you absolutely need to do this for your own sanity. For your own mental health. You need to cut this person from your life. No more contact, no more seeing this person, no more nothing. Because it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how good of a person you are. They will treat you like crap. They may even leave you to die, like mine did to me. I had a heart attack and was uh, non-responsive in the morning. Apparently she nudged me. She sprayed water on my face. And the one thing I know she did was I have an adjustable bed and she moved the bed. Well, never once did she call 911. She never called a family member to say, hey, I think something's wrong. Can you come check on this person? Or can you come check on him? Nope. What she did was took our daughter to her mom's and then she went to work. And the only reason I'm alive today, I believe because our dog granted probably because she had to go bathroom stood on my chest with her two front paws stood on my chest and I felt the excruciating pain and when I came to just kind of looking around like what the hell like what's going on why am I in so much pain everything hurts and at that point I called my mom uh, and Fortunately, you know, thankfully she's retired and she was able to come over and she took me to the doctor. Come to find out I had a heart attack. And funny thing is, she didn't believe it. She thought I was lying. Until she had to take me to the ER later on in that week and then saw the monitors and realized, like, okay, crap, something is wrong. At that point, the damage was done. And it, I mean, granted, it still took me a little bit of time to realize that, you know, this person left me to die. The father of our daughter. She was willing to let me be there and just die. One other thing that she had done to me was accuse me of molesting our daughter. And that was at the beginning of the discard phase. And these are things that took me so long because of the trauma bond that I had with this person. To just realize how horrible of an individual she is. Now, I've been through a bad breakup before. 
but I know for a fact if I was ever lying there unresponsive, those other women would have at least called 911 or something. Because they're decent human beings. They may not have liked me, or I may not have liked them, but something would have been done. For a narcissist, you mean nothing. It is all about them. And if you've gone through this abuse, just know that there are many others who have gone through it as well. And you're not alone. And one of the things that may make you realize that this other person is a narcissist is because you felt like maybe you were the narcissist. Because that's how it happened for me. I thought I was the narcissist. And I started looking into how could I, how, how can I help myself get rid of this so that way I don't hurt anybody or whatever the case may be. Then after looking into the signs and looking at the number one thing that will kind of really let you know, uh, something that I learned being in a couple of different groups is if you are the one that feels like you are the narcissist and you start looking into it, chances are you're not because you can self-reflect. You can take accountability. Something that she never did. And all I would get is, I did nothing wrong. I did nothing wrong. Well, I think leaving somebody to die is pretty fucking wrong. Anyways, you feel like you're the narcissist, then you start looking into it. You start wondering, how could this ever happen? After all the work that you put in, all the things that you took into consideration, everything you try to do to make this person happy while they did nothing. Believe me, they will do nothing. If anything, if they do something, it's going to be the bare minimum. Just so that they can tell their friends and family, like, well, I did this. Or I went to marriage counseling. I went to therapy. I moved back in. But no work was actually being done on their part. It all had to come from you. So now that you're being discarded, they have a new source of supply, and you'll find out about it. Now you're in the most alone feeling. You are the most alone and traumatized at that point. And at that point, it is very important, very important, to surround yourself with family and friends, true friends, and really, really good family members. And that is something that God has blessed me with, is having incredible friends and an incredible family. Without them, I probably would be dead. So once you get your support group going, definitely try to look into going to therapy and start picking apart exactly what happened and learn from it. Learn the red flags that you should have seen long ago, how they were highly sexualized to hook you, how they were always the victim, 
how nothing is ever their fault. How if you didn't give them the supply they wanted, you would get devalued. And how it's typically them pushing you towards something like marriage or having a kid. It's typically them that are driving that force while you may still have your reservations. And then once they get everything they want, once you've you know, tapped yourself out and they have all the supply that they want from you, they're done with you. You have served your purpose and they're on to the next. It is, it is a very traumatic experience. But here is a little bit of the silver lining. You can and you will heal from it. You'll be much stronger and smarter because of it. And what I strongly urge you to do is to tell your story of your narcissistic ex so that other men can see the red flags because it all they all from what I've learned from all these you know groups that I'm in and all the research they all have the same playbook they all operate the same way minor variations here and there but it's all the same. That's why when a lot of us tell our stories in these groups, you get a nothing but like, man, my ex was exactly like that too. You'll get a lot of it. And it does help because you start to realize that, hey, I'm not the only one. And it explains a lot. It explains what I went through. At least I know what I went through fully and can start to put the pieces back together of yourself. And when you start putting the pieces of yourself back together, you learn about your toxic traits and then you start to work on them. So that way you can that way you don't have to attract another narcissist in, into your life again. Or be susceptible to a narcissistic abuse. And the more you learn, the more you start to feel a little bit better. It starts to validate everything that you have been through. And it does start to help you feel and realize that you're not alone. And that there are plenty of other people who have been through it as well. So the first thing is go no contact if you can. If you have kids with this person, you need you need to go to smart contact. It's basically just business, business only. It's about your kids. It's not about anything other than that. It's about your kids. And they will try to hook you back in. They will try to provoke you into giving them supply. For a narcissist, it doesn't matter whether it's good, you know, a 
positive thing like, oh, you're doing great or you're the greatest person at this or whatever, or a negative emotion of just being angry or, you know, trying, like they'll pick a fight. They will try to pick a fight with you just to get a reaction out of you. Because that will also give them supply. And one thing I can also tell you is when you're being discarded, devalued and then discarded, mostly during the discarded phase from what happened with me, is they're telling all of their friends and family how horrible you were. And they've just started that victim mentality all over again. They're telling their new supply how crazy you were, that you were the crazy one and you were the horrible person and poor me, woe is me, blah, blah, blah. It's all bullshit. And if you share friends with this person and that friend believes the narcissist over you, good riddance to that friend. They're not a friend. If they can't see who you truly are, you don't need them in your life. And it's at this time where you need to really evaluate who is in your social circle. Because they're going to try to paint you as the as the monster that did all of this. When in reality, it was them. Again, they're, they're doing that projection thing. They're putting, they're taking that spotlight of, you know, that negative spotlight off of them and putting it on you when it was actually them that did this stuff. And it helps them to groom what are called flying monkeys. And these are people who will, you know, be the ones to kind of check in and spy on you or what is this person doing now? And look at, and they will go back to them like, look what they're doing. Look at what he's doing now. Look at who he's possibly with. You know, look what he may be saying about you. It is normal. It sucks, but that's another normal thing. And you will lose friends. You may even lose family members. But you're better off without them. You don't need those people in your life. You are much stronger than you think. And that is one thing, one another positive thing that can come out of being in a narcissistic relationship is learning who are the real people that have your back. And knowing how to really put up boundaries with people. If they don't bring you peace or happiness, you need to cut them. If they don't know who you really are, the true, your true character and how good of a person you are, and they want to believe the narcissist over you, you don't need them in your life. Cut them out. You know, start building up boundaries, build up a wall. Use a little bit of that anger and resentment to ensure that the narcissist doesn't come back. Because they will come 
back to a narcissist you're just a thing you're not a human being to them you are property they own you they control you and a narcissist is all about control they will use whatever they can to control you because they just believe that you're an object to be used and when you go no contact or smart contact when you go no contact and completely break off all communication with this individual it will cause narcissistic rage in them but it's the only way that you will be able to start healing and be able to survive if you have kids with this individual smart contact is a way to go all about the kids business only be the most boring conversationalist that you could ever be If they ask about things other than, you know, say your kids, if you have kids, just don't even answer. It is not worth it. They are no longer worthy of your affection and attention. They are no longer worthy of your love. They never were. And a narcissist will never, ever find real happiness and that should hopefully help you feel at least a little bit better knowing that at some point you will be happy again you will so long as you don't quit don't give up when you become happy again and build new relationships that are better because you know more now and you start to truly have that glow about you again. The narcissist will hate that. Because you weren't supposed to survive all this. You weren't supposed to be this amazing person after they discarded you. Remember, you were the horrible one. You were the whole reason why all this happened. No, it was them. And when they see you being your true self again, and being happy, and moving on, they can't handle that and it'll trigger a narcissistic injury where they will have to self-reflect for a moment and then they will feel all that pain but it's only for a moment a narcissist will keep repeating the same pattern they will never find true love they will never experience true happiness. You will. So if you have gone through this or are currently going through this, just know that there is light at the end of the tunnel. It may take some time. It's going to take a lot of pain. But that pain is there to teach you. It'll teach you that you're much stronger than you ever thought possible. And it'll help you to heal 
whatever your past traumas may have been before you got involved with a narcissist. So don't don't think that it is all over for you. Because it isn't. Keep on striving. Keep on driving. Just keep digging. I promise you, you're going to get to that light at the end of the tunnel and realize how amazing you are. And that's where, when you think back to how they mirrored you, you fell in love with yourself. The person that that narcissist was at the beginning that re- you found so attractive, that's actually you. That's how amazing you are. It wasn't real for them. That was all fake. What they mirrored was fake. That's not who they are, but that is who you are. And you're an amazing person with an amazing heart. I think I'm going to go ahead and leave it right there for now. I will eventually come back to the narcissist and describe more. Uh, at some point I'll go ahead and give out my full story. Uh, I don't know when that's going to be, but I'm going to keep posting traits, tactics that a narcissist will use. So that way we can all learn all the red flags that come with a narcissist. So we never have to deal with that again. And if you've never dealt with a narcissist or never been involved with a narcissist, learning about the, the these traits and red flags will help you never have to deal with it. So learn from those who have been through it. I hope you all have a good night. Good morning, good afternoon, whatever it may be at whatever time you're listening to this. And know that you will survive. You're going to be okay. It's going to hurt. But use that pain. Use that pain, or learn from that pain, rather. And use that little bit of anger and resentment that you have towards this person to drive you forward. I'll see you all next time.